0: So my advice would be to hire somebody who knows what their reason of why is. So why do they want to do that? What are they living for? What's
1: their reason why? You are listening to Running Remote, a podcast about building and scaling effective distributed teams. Join us as we dive inside the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. They've thrown out the traditional rules and business textbooks and are actively finding new ways of organizing their teams, driving productivity, and scaling their growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. Today's episode is brought to you by Running Remote, the world's largest remote work conference held in beautiful Bali, Indonesia. Check out the speaker lineup at runningremote.com and get 20% off your conference ticket for being a Running Remote podcast listener. Simply use coupon code IRUNREMOTELY and your 20% discount is automatically applied. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Running Remote podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Burns, and today I have with me Amy Tariq, founder of A Life with Health. She is a best-selling author, a consultant, and a coach, and she also writes for publications like Entrepreneur, Thrive Global, and Addicted to Success, among others. So, hey, Amy, how are
0: you? Hi, Stephanie. I'm thrilled to be here today.
1: I'm so glad that you're here with me. So, before we get started, would you mind giving our listeners a little background on you?
0: Absolutely. So, I'm the best-selling author of the book A Life with Health, and I also have my business A Life with Health. And I'm passionate about helping busy professionals and entrepreneurs find their balance in their hectic world.
1: How did you get involved in that? Like, why is that? Why is that important to you?
0: So, there are. A number of reasons, but the main one is before I went to college, I wanted to be a doctor, but I became extremely ill. I was so sick. I couldn't get out of bed. My heart rate was over 200 beats per minute. Oh my goodness. And for those who don't know, um, if you're listening to this right now, if you're an average able bodied person, your heart rate is probably 70 beats per minute or even lower. So 200 beats per minute is super, super fast. It's like a crazy workout. And so I couldn't have a conversation. I couldn't brush my own teeth. It was debilitating. And doctors didn't really know what to do with me. So it's ironic that I wanted to be a doctor, and then I ended up having to help myself. So everybody was a bit at a loss, but I managed to heal myself step by step. And one of the first things I did was really take a look at what I was putting on my body and in my body. So I eliminated all toxins, I balanced my hormones, I eliminated all toxins, and I created a really healthy environment for me to not only be able to heal, but later on thrive in. My goodness, that is so scary. It was it was terrifying. Yeah, it was so scary. But you know, whenever you're put in that situation, you don't really have any other choice but to go forward.
1: Right. I used to run half marathons and triathlons and stuff. And I, When I was really working out hard, my heart rate would be at 170, 171. I couldn't imagine just living life with my heart beating that fast, faster.
0: If I bruised my ribs from the inside. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was really painful.
1: Oh, my goodness. And so what did you do besides all the things? I mean, did you figure out exactly what it was or did you just have to endure it until it started to taper off? from changing your environment.
0: I had to endure it. And interestingly enough, once I had healed, I moved to Florida and everything. And one of my neighbors in Florida, she's a wonderful person, she actually had exactly the same thing I had. And nobody knew what she had either, but she took another approach. She took a conventional approach. So she's managing it with medications, whereas I'm not. So she took a completely different path to manage her illness. So it was so interesting to me. I thought, what a small world. Like we have the same thing. Nobody knows what it is. Well, I don't think I have it anymore because my heart rate's good now. But nobody knows what it is. And we took completely different paths. But it blew my mind that we just happened to come together. And
1: commiserate yeah. on the same experience. How <laughs> interesting. So now I understand why you have a passion for this.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and before I hit record, you kind of mentioned a little bit about how you really enjoy working with entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are are looking at health as another tool for their success or help them, their ambition. Really, we want more energy. We want to sleep better and those kinds of things. And I know a lot of startup entrepreneurs, myself included, who've gone through adrenal fatigue. And I'm sure you've talked to a lot of them as well. Yes,
0: that's so common, unfortunately.
1: Burnout. <laughs> burnout. So I guess before we, we move into talking about your remote team, is is that something that you're talking with entrepreneurs about, burnout and, and how to help?
0: I try to prevent burnout. So I want to, yes, I help with that as well. But if I could get people to prevent that from happening and prevent from telling, because also entrepreneurs, they have eventually as their business grows, they have employees and there's some entrepreneurs They carry their toxic habits and try to push that on their employees. So they may create a burnout within themselves and want their employees to also burn out. They don't want it, but that's sort of like what happens. So if I could prevent that from... The very start, it'll prevent maybe from their business from completely combusting and um, prevent them from hitting that rock bottom in health and prevent them maybe from losing millions of dollars. Prevent them from losing their business because they get to a point where they just don't have any more energy. They like their adrenals are burnt out. So. I try to get their attention before that happens. And one of the big trends, unfortunately, is bragging about not sleeping, bragging about, you know, being addicted to coffee to just get going, bragging about pushing through only sleeping two hours. And unfortunately, that's very toxic. And that's exactly how you end up having adrenal fatigue and all of that. And unfortunately, a lot of bosses expect that from their employees. And it's not, number one, it's not effective or productive in a business to work while you're completely exhausted. So you want to get the sleep in so that your brain functions at a higher level. And you want to be able to, so you really want to be able to be productive. And sleeping well and taking care of your body is what gives you the extra advantage over your competitors. It's not sleeping less and not taking care of yourself. That's how you burn out faster. Yeah, right. Counterintuitive, <laughs> unfortunately, to too many people, and that's why we see such a huge rise in chronic illness in the United States right now.
1: When I was straight out of college, I started working at a casino, and that was the culture. Work 70 hours, you need to be here on the weekends. By the end of it, I was on antidepressants. I would cry the whole way there. I would cry the whole way home. It was really awful. And then the job that I got after that, I remember my boss telling me that he really cared if all of us employees had a life outside of the agency. And that's when I got into triathlon and half marathons and things like that. And I remember my old coworkers at the casino not believing me when I told them I was training for a triathlon. They're like, there's no way. There's literally no way you could possibly be doing that or have time to do that and do they really let you do that I'm like it's not a prison you guys you don't have to stay there but it was such a different culture and so it really is amazing how it can trickle down from the top toxic ways and um, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I don't think that's talked about enough
0: it's really not I think there's a lot of stigma around it and people are Some people are afraid of it because, you know, those people who do produce those toxic workplaces, they are loud and they are aggressive and they like to go after people who say, you know, that's not okay. But the more we speak up about it, the more people are going to realize, you know what, I don't have to put up with this. I can go somewhere else.
1: Create your own place. So Mm -hmm. leading into that, tell me about your remote force.
0: They're in the Philippines and I absolutely love them. They take care of customer service and email automation and some tech stuff for me so that I can focus more on the one-on-one time and producing systems and other things that require more of my attention. So I love it.
1: Cool. And so since we were just talking about culture, what are some of the things that you do to foster culture among them and
0: you? Yes, I like to make sure everybody has a shared vision, a shared mission, and a shared purpose.
1: How do you do that? That sounds cool.
0: I do weekly phone calls and I make sure that everybody's on the same page and we all want the same things. And like you said, how you had your old boss ensure that that you had a life outside of work. I like to make sure that they have a strong reason why, because whenever you have a life outside of work, you have a strong reason why you want to come into work. What are you living for? You have to have a reason to live and a reason to work.
1: How do you get them to arrive there beyond, oh, I just have to pay my bills?
0: Well, with mothers, it's so easy because in mothers specifically, they're like, you know, I want to be able to do this with my child. I want to be able to do that with my child. So that that's an easy point. That happens to me a lot because mothers especially love working online so they can be close to their children. In the Philippines, there's just so many mothers who are looking for online. That's like the majority of my employees. So I guess with other people, it would be really having, I think they, come in now, like they're at an age where they haven't really been exposed to too much toxic workplace where all they have to think about is their bills. So they they haven't really forgotten their natural youth of living and exploring and trying new things. So I've been pretty lucky with that. I haven't really had too much of a difficulty of getting people to experience life outside of work. So I'm fortunate with that.
1: So you said you have a lot of mothers that work for you. I am a mother. I have two littles and working for myself yeah. and from home. I, I work from a co-working space as well is 100% crucial. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crucial to, to my work and to getting things done. So how has that impacted the workers, you know, that are working with you being able to do that?
0: I love it because too many corporations... They don't allow mothers to take sick leaves whenever they need to take sick leaves to take care of their children. They don't allow flexible schedules, which children need and mothers need. They don't allow so many things that makes humans be able to be humans. You know, they want machines, they don't want humans. And so I love being able to give these mothers the opportunity to be mothers, how they need to be mothers, but also be able to reach their career goals, however they need to reach their career goals. So as long as they get the projects done, that's all that matters.
1: I think it's a really interesting shift that remote work, I'm not sure if remote work started it or if remote work is pushing the shift or just helping it along, but the, that work is here to support life instead of our life is here to support work. Do you know what I mean? And it's just kind of a interesting phenomena that we're seeing smaller remote teams doing really big things rather than having massive corporate teams just doing really big things. and. These smaller teams are able to do it because they're nimble and they're fast and they're able to still live life. You know, they're still able to go and take their kid to a doctor's appointment if they need to or get a workout in or snuggle on the couch when their kid bumps their head or, or something like that. And I, I've seen it in the people that I've worked with that just the fact that they can live their life and still work has been incredible. Yeah,
0: not having your body have so much cortisol and adrenaline from all of the stress, like whenever you tell a mother, oh, you're not allowed to be there for a child, or you tell a father, oh, or, you know, just a person, oh, you're not allowed to take care of yourself. Like that just puts so much stress in the body. And there's study after study after study showing that people who are chronically stressed are not that efficient, are not that productive. So it doesn't make sense. And as a workplace to demand your employers to be chronically stressed, it just doesn't make sense. It's toxic and it does no good to your, your business.
1: So what are some of the advantages that you've seen to your business having a remote team?
0: Some of the advantages include being able to, for example, since they're in a different time zone, they can work while I'm asleep. So it, it almost feels like I'm working 24 hours even when I'm Yeah. So I love that.
1: I think that can also be a challenge as well if you're like a tight on deadline or something like that. Have you experienced that?
0: Yeah, it can be a challenge sometimes in different time zones as well, absolutely. <laughs>
1: because you've written like three books, I think you've said. I mean, I'm sure you've got some tight deadlines that you've had to navigate with that.
0: Fortunately, with writing, I am super quick. I've managed to reach my deadlines. Like, I, I was able to write all of my books within – my first book I wrote within like a few months, and then the other two I wrote within six months, so – I was just able to write extremely quick, which I'm really fortunate with. So You're my hero. I wrote it in half
1: the deadline. So <laughs> Oh man, you are my hero. <laughs> I really feel that pressure. I'm really lucky. <laughs> so with your team, what are some interesting things that you've learned having a team on the other side of the world? Maybe about yourself or about business. What's something surprising?
0: Communication is key and there can be, sometimes there can be some miscommunications because English isn't their first language. And so just being patient with that and finding ways around that makes everything so much smoother. So it really helps you hone in your communication skills.
1: Did you find that you were deficient in an area around communication when you got started with them? You're like, oh no, I didn't realize that I would be lacking here and I need to work on it.
0: I'm not sure. I don't think so. My mom's, her English isn't her first language. So I'm very used to being able to communicate in a way that maybe other people aren't able to communicate so easily because I can communicate in a way where I know what words and what kind of sentences and how it's easier to communicate with people who don't have English as their first language. And so, yeah, it wasn't so difficult for me. It was a bit difficult for my husband sometimes to communicate with them. And I would tell him, Oh, this is how you will have to do it because English isn't their first language. So you would have to structure your sentence like this, like this, like this, like very basic. And so because of my background, I would say it hasn't been very difficult for me. But I know that for people who come from a background where they're not necessarily surrounded by a lot of people whose English wasn't their first language, then I can see how it can be really difficult because I saw that with my husband.
1: Oh, really? Why is that? So he's
0: British. And so the British people, they use a lot of big words, even bigger than American words. (laughs) And they say things really differently. And, And so what's interesting is you don't know what a person's taught. Some people, they're taught British English some people are taught American English but it's very different and then on top of that just trying to be as basic as possible in your language to prevent any misunderstanding is key and so he loved to use really long sentences and complex wording and it's not slang but it's like very like it's not typical vocabulary that they would know and mm. so it's much easier if you just tone it down and you just think what is the most basic that I can speak to make it easier for them to understand
1: and everybody's saying on the same page yes My old boss, the one I told you about, he was really great, that cared about our personal lives, too. He was also British. And when I first started working there, he would say things, and and I would be like, I have no idea what that means. It's like a whole other language. Like, no no clue. I would ask him a question, and he would answer it, best of British. (laughs) And I would be like, is that a yes or a no? I don't get it. You know? I was like, I don't know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes I'd ask my coworkers, I'm like, what does he mean when he says this? Is it yes? Is it no? Is it, I hate you? Is it, you did a good job? Is it like, get out of here? Is it? <laughs> <you know? laughs> He's a great guy, but it was so hard in the beginning. And then, you know, you, You start to catch on, but yeah, I I get it. That's funny because we're all, I mean, truthfully, we're we're speaking the same language. It's all English, but it's not.
0: It's so different. It's so
1: different. different. That's funny. That's funny. So what advice would you give someone who is bringing on a remote team or, or is thinking about hiring remote workers?
0: So my advice would be to hire somebody who knows what their reason of why is. So why do they want to do that? What are they living for? What's their reason why that they want to come in? What do they want to get out of it? And people with strong reasons why, they tend to not disappoint. They'll go above and beyond if they know their whys.
1: What's interesting is I also interviewed your husband, Emmy, on the podcast. And we talked a lot about... Making sure you understand your remote workers' goals and helping them achieve that as well. And it sounds like that's kind of hand in hand in what you're talking about with their whys. It's not necessarily that they just have one, but as their employer, when they have one, how do you help them with it? You know, how do you help them achieve it? How do you help them get there?
0: Yeah, I love that because if you're able to help them achieve some of those whys, some of those goals, they'll just feel so happy to come into work and like to be a part of that mission because you're helping them achieve part of their purpose. And so they're just so thankful for that.
1: I think that's such great advice. Probably some of the best advice that I've had on the podcast in a long time. You know, it's it's really about, it's not just them coming to work and helping you with your goals and what you want to achieve, but we all have something we want to achieve, right? And we're spending so much time during the day working. It makes sense that share each other's goals and each other's wins and help each other get there in order to boost morale and the bottom line and camaraderie and loyalty and all the things, you know?
0: we're human. We can't forget our humanness. There's more to our lives than just putting in hours.
1: I love that. Awesome, Amy. Well, I am so glad that we got to chat today and learn a little bit more about you and a life with health and your philosophy on remote work. It was, it was really fun.
0: Thank you so much, Stephanie. I love being here.
1: That's it for this episode of Running Remote. Thanks for joining us as we dive into the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. We're a very small team behind this podcast. So if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review and share this episode with a friend and definitely check us out at runningremote.com until next time.